Hey guys, welcome back to Silicon Street, a podcast where we explore the intersection of finance, technology, and entrepreneurship by providing college students and young professionals with insight into these ever-evolving fields and uncover the secrets to success from distinguished industry leaders. My name is James Barham, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Cutler. If you're new to the podcast, be sure to follow us on Spotify and LinkedIn, as we will be posting each week, and definitely check out our existing platform of over 70 podcasts. Sarah McClay is a director at United Talent Agency in Santa Monica, California. Prior to joining UTA, she was a senior manager at, in international business development at STARS and spent five years at Lionsgate and one year as a corporate business analyst for Target. She attended the University of Notre Dame and holds an MBA from the UCLA Anderson School of Management. Without further ado, Sarah, welcome to the show. How have you been doing? Thanks. Hi, thanks for having me. I should link, update my LinkedIn because actually we are located in Beverly Hills and not Santa Monica. So <laughs> that is where UTA is. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I guess, would you mind kind of just walking us through your story and, and maybe highlighting the key decision points throughout your, your career journey and, and how you ended up where you are today? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, careers are linear or nonlinear. I've taken the very nonlinear path uh, in the most linear way possible. So I started my career at Target's headquarters um, some years back. I won't <laughs> date myself. And I loved being at the intersection of so many trends uh, and with a group of great people, smart people, but I wanted to be in entertainment. Um, the idealist that I am, you know, wanted to change the world with story and we are the content we consume. I started out at Lionsgate for my first role in entertainment and um, thought I wanted to be in creative development. So shaping those stories, but realized pretty quickly that I do best on the, the business corporate side. Um, so I got as close as I could to content, but realized like with the intersection of tech, there's a lot of jobs in entertainment now. There are product managers, there are business development, you know, specialists, there are corporate development specialists. There's a lot of different uh, lanes and intersections that don't necessarily just mean production or uh, CEO. And so tech has really created a boom of new roles. And um, for me, I realized I wanted to be doing something that put together um, just like that intersection of tech and entertainment and be, be as in that as I could. So I went to business school to get into something more venture, venture capital related. And coming out of school, I had the chance to work at a great consumer fund, consumer, consumer tech fund called M13 that um, was working in venture studio. So I was able to be a part of a program where you're thinking through like, what are problem solutions that just people are facing? How do you create products out of that? How do you do like a negative one to zero? And really loved that uh, area and decided to find a role that ideally did something similar and maybe from an entertainment platform. Um, I think if I had thought graduating from Notre Dame many years ago, that there'd be a role at a talent agency where you're pairing talent with like trends and putting businesses around them and investing in startups. Like I would have thought that was a make-believe role, but it exists. And that's what I found. Um, so I'm sort of, I landed in UTA's ventures group, which has really been the perfect blend of investment and like ideation and entrepreneurship um, that I wanted to take on for my next role. And that's where I am now. Been there for a year and a half. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Definitely a very interesting path to, to where you are now and an interesting place that you're in. And um, I guess with that, if you don't mind, just maybe expanding a little bit more on what UTA is in general, uh, as well as kind of maybe what different divisions are in the firm and where you work specifically and, and kind of just talking about your group and, and what you do now. Yeah, 
So UTI is one of the big three global talent agencies. We have Endeavor, WME at the top, CAA, and you could say UTI is a third of those three. Um, Our roster spans from like Clutch Sports, which has LeBron James and a bunch of really big NBA and NFL talent to Cardi B and Little Nas X and, and music. We have Will Ferrell, Malala, um, Alex Cooper, we kind of have the biggest and best of all the top types of thought leaders, celebrities, creators, and every type of media. Um, We have departments for each of those. And then we have groups that help to really expand the strategy and the, the thought leadership internally to build and monetize each of those types of talent. I work not on the agent side, I work on in the ventures group, which in many ways is um, the growth arm for the company to invest in startups, which are talent agnostic sometimes, or to build and invest in completely new startups and businesses that are very much centered around that talent. Some examples of that would be Chamberlain Coffee, which we built around Emma Chamberlain, who's like the Gen Z celebrity who came from YouTube. Uh, another example is House uh, House Plant that we built around Seth Rogan, which is all things cannabis and elevated cannabis. So we have home decor and accessories and things that are related to and now getting into other areas of um, products as well. Uh, We have Rob's Backstage Popcorn, which is a popcorn brand that was born around the Jonas Brothers and their love of a very specific popcorn seasoning uh, that comes from their their childhood and them being the young young celebrities they were. So we do, we really work in um, helping to build a flywheel around celebrity whatever their passion may be. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Definitely, uh, definitely a lot of notable names and, and brands within within the portfolio that you guys work in. And um, I was wondering if you could just like maybe expand a little more on what, what your daily role looks like and kind of what a, a day in, in the life of Sarah McClay kind of looks like in the venture arm of, of UTA and kind of not only investing, but how you're working with these these companies that you invest in to, to add value. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a director on the UTA Ventures team, which I know you gave as my title. You could say that our role as executives on that team are like essentially entrepreneurs and residents. So we're thinking through, again, like what are the trends? We do a lot of market research. And then we think through uh, and have the fun job of, you know, talking to a lot of the our colleagues, the agents at the company, what do our clients want to do when they're not just doing their day job? Um, you know, the the age of celebrity has changed. The economy around celebrity has changed. It's not just, oh, I watched Jennifer Aniston and Friends and so I love her and I want to watch her content. It's I want to consume and do everything they're doing. Um, and so a lot of what we invest in on the venture arm, though I'm not an executive on that side, is uh, e-commerce enablement. And like, what does shopping look like in the future? What does work look like in the future? Um, being like at the intersection of all different areas of of culture um, with our platform and being at an agency means that we have an ability to help shape and change that. And then on my end, like build businesses for that infrastructure. So we're investing in um, startups that enable different forms of e-commerce and different, you know, efficiencies around supply chain. How do we build businesses that fit that? Um, So, you know, being on the entrepreneurial side, I'm talking to other investors uh, within celebrity or within consumer, within consumer tech. Um, What are they looking at building based off of our thesis and hypotheses? 
Um, how do we start building that? So like, let's put some financing and operating partners together to build these businesses and the infrastructure for that immediate venture, um, working with talent and their team to, um, to bring them in as a co-founder, as a partner. It's, it's a lot of things. It is truly a job that is very different every day, but you know, the, the themes and the tropes that are similar are being like very, very much on top of watching trends, uh, as broad as, um, as broad as you know the future of shopping and the future of what consumers and people want i go on tiktok a lot for research to see like clean talk what do people want in products in that area it's just being a disciple of like of culture is ultimately what the job is is the overall trope yeah that's super Mm -hmm. interesting and kind of seems like everything about your job has to do with with staying ahead of the ahead of the curve keeping up with trends and making sure that you're kind of at the forefront of, of all those developments. But I guess, could you kind of dive a little deeper into some of those fascinating trends that you see evolving within your industry and then kind of maybe what role you think that UTA will will play in this and how, how UTA as a, as a whole is striving to stay ahead of the curve? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it comes back to what we think about a lot of UTA, which is how do you build flywheel around celebrity? Um, and so that is, you know, like it's quite the complex puzzle to figure out, but ultimately it means the, the trend that we think, at least I think about a lot is it comes back to creator economy, which is a really big buzzword right now, different than AI and web three, but there's always connectivity between all, um, all of them. And so you think about, especially with the, with the dawn of TikTok, um, again, like that idea that celebrity is now becoming a different relationship to their fans as it had been. You're not just watching them passively on screen. You want to engage with it. So you think about, for me, I'm going to use a personal example, like really into tanks and was very, very much watching her every move in early COVID when she really came onto the scene. What is she using product-wise? What is she launching merch and product-wise? Where is she going? What restaurants? What vacation spots? I want to do all of that. Like, I think she just does some really cool stuff and has good taste. That is what celebrity is now. You want to be doing everything that they are and they feel like friends to their followers. And that's very different than where we've been. And so what does that mean for um, trends as far as what we're doing? We want to build the brands that are most emblematic of that passion fit that our talent, our clients have uh, with the market. So going back to like Chamberlain Coffee, Emma loves coffee. You know, in her early days, she was quote, just a YouTube star. So she was posting about things that she was doing in her normal life as a teenager, she drank a lot of coffee. And so her fans were saying like, I want to drink the coffee you're drinking. Um, And I'm pausing because we have some sort of gardener outside that's making a lot of noise. So hopefully you guys can hear me just fine. But um, anyways, we want to build those brands that trend agnostic from a from a consumer and from a, se- a sector perspective, like are very much in line with what that celebrity's brand is persona wise, um, that has like a long lasting life that is very much endeared to Gen Z and millennials. To kind of build off of that, how do you keep up to date with, with these trends and developments within your industry? Are there any kind of resources you're, you're always looking at or, or, kind of are you on tiktok uh keeping up with stuff like that that kind of thing not just for dancing anymore i know that's what everyone's (laughs) in my my generation thinks it's not just people dancing we use a lot of tiktok we talk with our colleagues a lot again because they're at the intersection of all of this they're constantly in meetings with 
managers, with studio executives, with um, the Elon Musk, like, you know, tech titans of the world. It's amazing all the different people that we, uh, that we sit at the intersection of. And um, we do a lot of focus grouping. We have an IQ team at UTA that focuses a lot on analytics and we use social media to do a lot of that testing. And that can be really effective as well. I mean, the, the core tenant of being a part of a platform like a net talent agency is you can get a lot of data if you want it on really everything. Um, and so we have a marketing group internally that works with brands as talent, as clients. So how do we make sure that we're really servicing them in media and entertainment and making sure that they're a big thought leader in their area as well? Um, we, you know, data is of course what we lead with to make those decisions and to be informed. And of course, I mean, you know, you follow the trades where you can too, but ultimately a lot of things that are related to entertainment come from gut that are informed by data. It's really the the balance of art and science. Yeah, absolutely. That's a definitely a fun way to kind of get to stay up on on what's going on in the world is is have an excuse to go on TikTok. And I know a lot of a lot of our friends would enjoy that kind of work with with how much they're on on TikTok, which is kind of funny. Uh, but uh, in our in our earlier conversation, we had a, a few weeks back. Um, I know we talked a lot about kind of Mr. Beast and, and and his impact on the industry and kind of all that he's been doing. So I was just wondering if you could kind of explain maybe the Mr. Beast model, what he did right, uh, as well as how people in in the industry are kind of trying to replicate that uh, and what that what that kind of looks like. Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. So and for the audience who probably knows who Mr. Beast is and, you know, he is a creator that came from YouTube that now has a whole business empire which was championed and um, very much facilitated by his company, Night Media. Um, We, yeah, I think that's an example that, so again, to like to follow through on the rest of that, he's built out Feastables, he's built out Mr. Beast Burger, which is a virtual kitchen concept product. Um, He has, he points back to the flywheel around talent. And, you know, thinking about the finances behind Uh, the entertainment industry and celebrity and how you monetize them traditionally and historically until maybe five, 10 years ago, it was all based on content. So like you're, again, I'm going to use Jennifer Aniston as an example, you're in Friends, now you're going into movies, you're going to make a upfront lump sum and royalties in perpetuity based on the syndication of that TV product or uh, really strong box office performance of a film. And that's it. I mean, you may, if you're someone like her, who's really popular with the general population, you're going to bring in some endorsement deals. You're making X amount, uh, no upside per per, um, endorsement, like brand deal. And that's what that looks like. So if you're on our end, you know, from a management firm perspective or like us being at a talent agency, you're thinking, wow, I feel like there's a whole wheel in 360 here and we're not filling very much of it. Like this woman is very, very successful. Everyone knows her. She's a household name. Um, How do we fill in some dots here? And so Mr. Beast, I mean, in some ways was just like the magic of the moment. And I think that he really knows how to connect with audience. It goes back to having enough of yourself in content with digital media and social media that you start to build a relationship with fans as friends. And then you start to put these products out and they want to eat and uh, use what you're eating and using again, just back to consumption. And um, we're, you know, that's something that is just, if you think about that's creator economy, if you think about all the different areas that can lend um, like it's really endless. You could be, you could have, um, 
You could be in travel, travel and leisure. You could have your own hotel chain. You could have your own restaurants. You see Kevin Hart, who just launched his own restaurant in the fast casual and somewhat better for you space that's doing really well, will probably scale really quickly. You have, um, you know, Magnolia, who is Chip and Joanna Gaines, who are really more for our parents, but they have their own little hotel out in uh, Waco, Texas, which is doing quite well. And who knows if that may scale as well. Um, you have products and, you know, beauty and alcohol, those have been very done the last several years. I like to say there's like another brand that pops up in that space. Um, we'd all be very rich with many dimes and many nickels. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's something, again, that's like very easy. The Fenty Beauties of the world that Rihanna has launched. Like um, the, so the Mr. Beast model, again, is create our economy and all the power inherent in that. Um, it is making sure that on the business side, you have the right operating partners, the right financing partners to really support building out your um, your currency in the form of various lifestyle brands and products and moving from merch, which has been very one-dimensional, high-end Mr. Beast, here's a t-shirt that says that, into actual lifestyle brands that have the longevity to outlive the actual person or celebrity creator, whatever you want to call them. No, for sure, that's super interesting. I know here in South Bend, we even have a Mr. Beast burger that you can order through DoorDash, which is kind of funny to see how how wide that reach has become for Mr. Beast and the, the business empire, as you kind of stated, how big that's become. And um, obviously, like you're working on really, really cool projects and, and um, doing cool things for cool people. And this obviously got to be a very popular field that people are trying to break into. So I was wondering for those uh, that might be listening that are interested by the work you're doing um, and, and kind of feel that this might be something they want to do for the long term, what advice can you give them um, for kind of breaking into the industry? I, I know obviously you had kind of a a, a, a typical career path um, and did a lot of cool things within media, but uh, for someone who's hearing this now, is like, wow, this is really cool. This might be something I want to do. Uh, what advice might you be able to give them? Yeah, it's all connections in this industry. Everyone says that. And I talked to a lot of Notre Dame undergrads and I think that there's a question around like, do I have to move to LA or New York? especially in post-COVID times, and you really do, um, to have that face-to-face -face interaction and to go on your road show of like, hi, I'm this person, I want to do this, help me break in, is super valuable. You have to be very upfront about um, what you're looking to do, taking on the best role you can find. I, I talked to a lot of women in particular from Notre Dame who are very happy to take like an internship rather than really pushing for that assistant or coordinator role in the industry and um, really you know, obviously, obviously this job market's rough, but really push for as much as you can get and not settle for something that could be unpaid or potentially may not be super fruitful. If you know that you take an extra month or two, you can find that better, more, uh, more established long-term job. It's an industry that values education and smart people, but not necessarily credentials. I got an MBA because I wanted to get one and I wanted the experience. It doesn't mean that I thought I needed it to move up in this uh, industry because I didn't, um, you know, moving function wise into venture was a little bit different, but um, it's something that I also hear a lot of uh, very tepid responses when I ask why people want to be in the entertainment industry. There needs to be like a firm reason. It's something you live and breathe. It's not like a nine to five job. So it's not something that you feel like you are like just a rabid consumer of, um, best to go into a different industry. It's, I've seen a lot of friends who uh, from Notre Dame actually joined the same industry and now have been many years out because they just didn't want to live and breathe it the way that some of us do. Um, it's an exciting time to be in the industry because again, there's so many different types of jobs. It is not just about production or like uh, 
production or otherwise, there are a plethora of roles that can get you close to talent or close to creativity, whatever it may be that inspires you to get involved, as long as there's that right motivation. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that that advice and insight. Um, seems like a, a very cool industry, like I said, and um, obviously it takes hard work, but that's that's uh, that's cool to hear. And um, I guess an, another question I have, like to go back to, to UTA and and your role in in the ventures group is like being being able to join this like new group uh, within UTA. How has that been for you? Um, and what impact has that kind of have you? Do you feel you've been able to make? Um, you know, being part of a young group and how, how have you been able to oversee kind of development of this, this fast growing industry uh, and your, your role in it? Yeah. I think the ventures group is a really great place to be because it is so much like uh, involved in a little bit of everything that the company is doing. Um, It's a place to, uh, UTA is an organization overall and a lot of these entertainment companies are like truly entrepreneurial and not in the sense of hey we're going to pay you less and ask for more work but in the sense that you say like I see an opportunity to go do this you know it could bring in this amount of revenue and it could expose us in this way and um, in a positive way and they'll say go do it so it's um, from my side of what I'm trying to do with this job I think a lot of investment these days can be more impactful. And I don't say that from an impact investing way in particular, because that term can sometimes have a lot of misconceptions, but a way of like, how do you change, um, normalize products, normalize things that may otherwise have a hard time um, getting there. So for an example, like women's health is an area that's finally starting to get a lot of investment from an early stage venture perspective, from an impact investment um, investing perspective. And then again, from more of the consumer product and incubating side that I'm focused on, there's starting to be as a result, a lot of new startups in that space. Um, and there's a really interesting opportunity with talent to normalize and destigmatize, um, some of those areas, menopause, you know, women's health from a fertility perspective, from a just overall diagnostics perspective, um, and that's just one area that I'm focused on where I think that using celebrity and using their voice and their vulnerability and what they're willing to say about their own experiences, like always transcends someone's um, own like internal normalizing of what they're doing in their life. So that's a lens I'm trying to use more and more in the job, in the group to get us thinking about how do we um, like use our platform for good as well, where there's also an opportunity to make a lot of money. So <laughs> to kill two birds with one stone with our platform. No, that's, that's awesome. And kind of perfect balance. It seems pretty cool. You can kind of play a bit of an entrepreneurial role just because the group is, is building itself out and, and developing at this time. Um, so obviously super interesting job. You kind of working with these notable, notable brands, notable indiv- individuals um, seems, seems pretty fun in that sense. Could you kind of tell us about your favorite deal or your favorite partnership that you've worked on to whatever extent you're, willing and, and able, and then um, maybe kind of touch on specifically what the, what value the firm added and, and what you were working on at, at, from the firm's, firm side. Mm-hmm, totally. I um, can't point to anything specifically. We're very confidential in this business. I can speak broadly about some deals I'm excited about that we'll be launching in the next year or so. We work on a very long horizon in venture, whether you're investing or building. So I'm sure you can understand that. Um, we, part of sort of that normalization, like thesis that I have is on sexual wellness and on women's health. And there's a lot of connectivity there. 
we have some um, deals that we've, that I've led and signed that should be um, coming to fruition with products going live to market in the next year that I think will be um, really well received and where we add value and putting those deals together and, and bringing them to market is like really multifaceted. We have a brand uh, management practice within my group of UTA ventures that really helps to um, with just a lot of growth strategy as far as the talent's concerned and like just consumer overall. Um, it's something that we, you know, I think that the whole thing in venture right now, even with the market the way it is, is when you're investing early stage, you always have to have that value add. Like just the check alone is not enough. Like what is that additional bent? And, you know, a lot of folks say advisory. What does that really mean? You know, it's it's very broad. So for us, it's it's really robust. I mean, again, we're bringing in the like the culture consultancy and like advisory of it all, where how do you make sure that this brand's really relevant? There's a lot of noise in consumer and consumer tech. We're here to help sure, make sure that you're making a splash at day zero. Um, and that's of course in partnering with talent, but beyond that, like how do you make sure you're scaling to retail? If you're, you know, if you're a tech product then whatever scaling looks like on that end as well. Um, we're there to make sure that there's an exit strategy from day one. And we're there to help along the whole ride and journey. So I would say UTA is like a really big value add for as an investing partner. Awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. And then kind of just a bit of a clarifying question. Is it, are you in communication with, with the individuals or is it more so like they have a representative and so you're hopping on the phone with their representative is, or is it one-on-one -on -one meetings with, with these celebrities who everyone, everyone knows everywhere? <laughs> Totally varies. Some people really, you know, so we use Ryan Reynolds as an example, who's not a client by the way, but just because he does this really well, he is like a machine. You kind of forget that he is a celebrity because he has so many businesses and such a huge venture strategy. He's like Mr. Beast times a hundred, um, in my opinion. Oh, here's Coral. Uh, my cat just made an entrance. So um, we, it really varies. Some people work really closely with a large team that includes agent, lawyer, manager, uh, Sometimes their husbands or wives may be on the calls as well, and they really trust their guidance and instincts. Sometimes it's just us and the client totally varies. Awesome. Cool. Okay. Well, that wraps up the general questions. So now it's time for, for some rapid fire questions. So just, just quick questions, kind of give us the answer that pops into your mind and, and yeah, it should be pretty fun. Um, okay. So question one, if you could switch places with any celebrity for a day, who would it be? Uh, I think I have two. I love Lizzo. Lizzo's cool, right? So it'd be Lizzo. Uh, I also really love Glennon Doyle, who is an author and podcaster. She's the number one podcast, I think, on Apple. Not a client. Um, I just think that she's amazing. She's turned like therapy and self-help into a like, just a cool media brand, which is so rare to do that in a non-preachy way. And come off as still so genuine and like someone who, again, like wants to do good with their platform. So I, I'm going to be both. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Um, what's the best vacation you've ever been on? I don't know. Um, I love all of my vacations equally. They're all like my favorite children. <laughs> New Zealand. Let's say New Zealand. Where'd you go in New Zealand? I went to both islands. I did North and South Island. I highly recommend North. I feel like it's underrated. Everyone loves to do South Island and go to um, Queenstown, which is also like admittedly spectacular. But um, I did a very quick week and a half uh, during my first year of business school, solo actually. 
and was able to just go wherever I wanted to go. I had it very specifically itineraried, so to speak. And it was an awesome trip. Very, very um, solo traveler friendly. (laughs) Cool. Um, Okay. What is your favorite movie? Mm, Titanic. Mm -hmm. That's what really showed me the power of entertainment. Um, If you could have a 30 minute conversation with anyone in history, who would it be? Mm. Do you guys have answers to that? That's like <laughs> that's a hard um, one. I think I, yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Sorry, <laughs> I was on the spot with that one. <laughs> yeah, no, my bad. <laughs> I would say like my pets if they could speak English, which isn't really like Ooh. history. That's an interesting one. I want to wow. know what they're thinking. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then final question: What is the most impactful class you took in college? Hmm. I feel like Finney's could be an answer, but that wouldn't be appropriate. So I was liberal arts and English. I <laughs> I really loved all of my classes. I would like, um, I really liked my American studies and poli-sci classes the most. And I don't really, I mean, there was one about the beats and like Kerouac. And I just thought it, I remember my professor said that everyone should do hard drugs at least once to experience life, which is like, not what you ever expect to hear in a Notre Dame class. Um, I, yeah, we didn't do that in class, but anyways, there was a lot of very good liberal arts education there. And I'm still very grateful for that in my career. Well, that wraps up our questions. So thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on. This was super interesting and great to hear hear your experiences and, and your answers to these questions. It was great chatting with you guys. Thanks so much for having me on. This was fun. All right, everyone, that about wraps up our conversation with Sarah McClay of the United Talent Agency. We hope you enjoyed our conversation on the unique talent industry and creator economy, as well as what investing in the space looks like. If you'd like to learn more about tech and early stage investing, I would encourage you to check out a couple of our past episodes. First, I would recommend listening to our episode entitled Leveraging Liberal Arts and Tech with Tom White, an ex-Googler and current writing partner at OnDeck. Also, I would steer you towards an episode entitled The Tech Transforming the Cannabis Industry with Ryan Smith, the co-founder and CEO of LeafLink. These episodes are great resources for all of you thinking about or actively trying to break into the tech space or early stage investing. It can definitely help supplement your knowledge of these industries by providing you with advice and insight from some of the smartest investors and founders in the startup and tech space. So as always, if you have any guests or topics that you'd like us to cover in the future, please feel free to reach out to us on our website. And with that, thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.